Tim Sheehy is the president and CEO of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce, and he is with us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Tim, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, John, good to be with you, and Greg? Uh, it sounds like you're in the car. Where are you coming back from? You, were you in Madison today? I, I, I'm coming back from the Senate hearing uh, on the le- on the legislation to extend the brewer's lease. So there was a hearing today, uh, which has run a couple hours now, um, and they're talking about amendments to the legislation that passed the Assembly um, 60, I think it was 69 to 27. So um, that, that's the hearing today, and, you know, they're talking about whether they levy a ticket tax on non-brewer events they're talking about potential development around uh, the stadium and then just getting clarity on the district finances right now. Um, and I, I guess my point was if I were a movie, movie character, I'd be uh, Denzel Washington, man on fire, because uh, we're getting to the end of the lease um, and it's going to be challenging to have the funding we need to meet the current lease. So we, we need this resolved. I want to ask you about one of the details which a lot of people are talking about, and that is development around the ballpark. The Brewers have been resistant to this, regardless of what they say. They have been resistant to this. What was that discussion like today? Is that important to senators? Do they want some sort of commitment? Is it exploratory? What's the update on that part of this? Yeah, it's a a really good question, and I think part of the Brewers' reluctance is to make sure that people don't misunderstand that um, economic development or commercial development around the ballpark will solve the funding. And so there's a, I think the Brewers expressed a vibrant interest to participate in this working group and the working group isn't going to decide what gets developed, but they're going to, they're going to work on the barriers. For example, the Brewers uh, have a 27 year lease. If they're going to develop, they either need a ground lease or, um, you know, the right to the property. Um, there we're sitting, believe it or not, the ballpark sits on a giant field of methane. So nobody knows the cost for the environmental cleanup. There's some utilities in there. So I think the goal of this working group is to figure out what those barriers to development are and how to remove them. Um, and then put us all in a better frame of mind for what could develop there. Tim, when you talk about uh, amendments being made, would any of the funding buckets be altered in any way, or will those remain consistent? Well, um, if there is a tax on non-brewer-related events, and there was also a discussion about the funding towards the end of the lease, I think one of the things that you could see happen is that the state's contribution of $411 million goes down and the, the brewer contribution goes up. It's fascinating, Tim. You talked about the time crunch, and it does begin to become a crunch when we talk about repairs that need to be done. How do you feel about the likelihood, one, the Senate passes something that is reconcilable quickly with the Assembly, and two, that the governor signs whatever those two bodies agree on? Yeah, I, you know, the questions I heard from the Senate committee today and just from walking the halls I think there are answers to the concerns that that uh, some of the senators have. So there's a floor session that starts November 6th and runs through November 14th. I would not be surprised to see this legislation on the floor during that period of the November 6th to November 14th. I'm not saying it's done. I'm not saying it's a 
you know, it's a home run. I'm just saying there's a good chance that this legislation will get on the floor during that period. And Tim, we also know that ballpark winterization was part of the Republican package that was put forth. Does that remain uh, top of mind and in front of the Brewers as something to act on? It, it does in large part because a, a lot of the legislators and their constituents um, were asking for a, a way to put um, American Family Field in use more than just around the baseball season. So there seems to be an interest from uh, the taxpayers of Wisconsin to see that building utilized for more than just baseball. So whether that is an, you know, an NCAA tournament, Greg, whether that's a monster truck pole, whether it's a concert, but, but doing something to put that facility in play more than just the 81 dates of baseball, and then also using the revenue that would come from those events, the sales tax um, and um, essentially a ticket tax uh, to help fund uh, improvements at the ballpark. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Tim, I want to switch gears here and talk about something that I know you're very passionate about, and that is K-12 funding. Where are we at in light of recent litigation, and what is happening on that front in our state? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And the school choice program, which allows largely low-income parents to take public funding to go to a private school or to an independent charter school, has been settled law for 30 years. But in the last month or so, um, a, a gentleman who runs Monaco Brewing has cobbled together uh, a group of parties and they're going to the Supreme Court and asking the Supreme Court to um, throw out on, on a constitutional basis, throw out the current program. Um, a bit baffling to me since this has been operating for now 30 some years and in Milwaukee alone, it would mean that 50,000 students would not have a school to go to um, were this to pass the Supreme Court. So I, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to take it up as original jurisdiction. It'll probably get remanded to a lower court. But um, a, a rather stunning development and a scary one for parents who have um, kids in these schools. Tim, interesting nugget here. I saw this uh, earlier in the week. Wisconsin being recognized as one of 31 regions across the country, designated as a tech hub by the Biden administration. What does this mean ultimately for the state and the region? Yeah, it means that the federal government has set up, in a sense, a competition with billions of dollars to try to incentivize um, innovation and Wisconsin came together, led by the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation and I think BioForward Wisconsin, um, Rockwell, GE, uh, the Medical College, uh, the UW. And what we're really doing is positing uh, to the federal government that we believe we have um, uh, a, a cutting edge uh, development in personalized medicine and personalized health between GE, Epic Systems, um, Exact Sciences, and a lot of companies that are here. So what we did was win $350,000 for a planning grant that puts us in line to get up to as much as $75 million to accelerate this kind of a tech hub here in, in Wisconsin. So it's very exciting um, possibility for the state and its economic 
Tech in Wisconsin, give us some perspective. What's the economic impact? What's the job impact? Is this a big deal in Wisconsin? It could be a very big deal because if it accelerates the work that's being done here, it could bring research dollars to the Medical College of Wisconsin. It could bring research dollars to the university. It could help Rockwell and GE and other smaller companies advance technology that they're working on and kind of put in the, a pin in the map for Wisconsin as a, a place that is innovating uh, beyond other places in the country in this personalized health. So it's, it, it has a real impact on, on jobs and capital investment here. All right, now for the cultural question of the day, Tim. We've been discussing this. The appropriate age for a kid to have their first phone. And I guess you can think about back to your kids, if you remember that, or the age that it's appropriate for a kid to have their first cell phone. I went with 13, which I think is when my kids were. Matzik, whose kids are still young, says 16. Where does Tim Sheehy come down? Well, based on practical experience, I'd say it's about 25. (laughs) (laughs) um but 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 being being realistic um i i would say in the 13 14 year range they got to get used to the pros and cons of what comes with uh social media tim Sheehy is the president of the metropolitan milwaukee association of commerce it's always great to catch up tim thanks so much drive safe thank you